on the throat, but still far better from both sides. And Adnan Good pressure here, Dylan. It's McMath who comes out quickly, might have injured himself. The goalkeeper still down. Labour is playing on the chip. Three on the line, and it's in. Danny Labour on his debut. The teenager has scored a stunning goal. Next generation football. 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 Soccer. Football is football, no matter where you play it. Football. You see? to all my lovely listeners and welcome back to the next generation football podcast guys it is your lovely host Cheyenne here for the 17 year old sensation himself Danny Leva midfielder for the Seattle Sounders I brought him on for you guys I was hyping this up for a little while and it's happened and it's in person it's the first time in a while I've done a podcast in person with a, our special guest and I'll leave the floor for Danny to kind of introduce himself for you guys thank you Sean um, well I'm Danny Leva uh, I play for Seattle Sounders. Um, I've enjoyed the season. It's been a successful season, obviously, winning MLS Cup my first season. So I'm excited to get started with this. Next season. Yeah, man. Um, very excited for you to be on the podcast. It's a, it's a great pleasure. I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to do this for us. So, Danny, kind of the first thing I want to start with is what has it been like to be part of the Seattle Sounders? Growing, like, I mean, at, you're at such a young age to already have a professional contract with this football club, to have won an MLS Cup in your first season. Kind of talk about the development of getting to, like playing football at such a young age and then getting to where you're at right now. No, obviously, yeah, it's a dream come true um, to be part of this successful organization like the the Sounders and winning the MLS Cup this year. It's honestly something that I, I never expected, but um, I feel like the Sounders uh, Academy has, has helped me a lot in my development and like, being able to give me opportunities to play, in, whether it's Tacoma Defiance or the Sounders first team, I feel like this whole year has been a great learning experience for me, and I feel like this next year is going to be a great one as well to start performing. Yeah, and it's you're fortunate enough to play with a play in a city that's very football-oriented. There's like We've seen with a lot of other MLS teams, they're not very like as passionate as Seattle has been, and it's pretty cool that you're, you've been able to make get a lot of the playing time with us, starting appearances, and playing against, like for example, like Borussia Dortmund. How was how was that like playing against big team Dortmund? Yes, not maybe not the most successful in most recent years, but are still a big name in the European scene and the Champions League and all that. How was that like to play in a game where there's so many of those like main starting players like Marco Royce, Jaden Sancho? It just must have been crazy. No, yeah, it's uh, you take a lot away from that those kinds of games, especially when you're playing against Borussia Dortmund and like like you said, the players like Jaden Sancho. Marco Royce, uh, they're all very good players and like they're playing in Champions League level games. So just to be able to play against them and um, see how you match up against them is a great opportunity for all the young guys and as well as for all the guys playing with uh, Sounders. So I felt like it was a good experience for all of us. So to give us like an inside scoop, who was the player you swapped jerseys with after the game? I swapped jerseys with uh, Matt Hummels. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. Why, why, why Hummels? Um, well, first I went to Jaden Sancho, but he, he already had... Um, and Walla switching jerseys with him. So I went to Hummels because, I mean, he's won a lot of things like the World Cup. He's like a very experienced player, and I felt like he's very successful in his career. Yeah, I mean, I think in any situation, just to be able to swap play, uh, swap jerseys with one of these players from Borussia Dortmund is like, it's cool in itself. And did you kind of like going into it kind of maybe thought, okay, who would I want first, like second, like backup options when you were doing, like thinking that process? Yeah, definitely. Towards the end of the game, I started thinking, oh, who am I going to switch jerseys with? Like, who's my top, top one? And 
Obviously, I didn't get to get Jaden Sanchez, but Matt's home was a hey, great, man, great player. So. Better than nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so kind of to rewind things a little bit, what was – I kind of want – this is going to be like – you are gonna you can unpack this question as however long it takes you to unpack it, but it's going to be a big bulky one. How – like what has like been your development? Kind of give us like who got you into playing soccer, football at a young age and kind of your development to where you're at now. Kind of like your story. This is like a bit of an – a biography of Danny Leva right here. So kind of uh, who, who helped you? Like who was your biggest inspirations? It could be like just idols in regards to players or family members, cause like anybody. So unpack it as you will. Yeah, so I started playing soccer when I was three in, in Vegas. And I feel like my whole family is uh, really so- soccer oriented. And my dad played in Club America in Mexico. Wow. In the reserves team. So yeah, he, he's, he's kind of the one that got me into the sport and taught me the love of the game. So. I started playing when I was three in, in Vegas, all the way till I was um, about 13. And pretty much there, that's where the Sounders scouted me in a, in a tournament there with my club. And they invited me to come train over here when I was uh, 14 and gave me the opportunity to move over here and play with the academy. Uh, it was a tough decision for me and my family because it's hard moving away from your family when you're 14 and like not living with them. So it's uh, very difficult for us. And we had, a, we had to make a decision and we chose to to give me the opportunity over here with the Sounders. And obviously, it's been a quick uh, two years, obviously, going up the ranks. I never would have expected to be on the first team this quickly. Obviously, it was my goal, but at the rate I was going at, it was kind of a spe- spectacular to, to see. And um, I feel like just the Sounders Academy and like the whole organization does a very good job at giving young players opportunities and giving that uh, pro pathway to go up the ranks. Like we see it with Tacoma Defiance, like the average age is, I would say, like 17 or 18. There's a lot of young players that have been playing together since the academy. And like now for uh, me and like Alfonso and Trey to be on the first team, I feel like it shows like the the Sounders doing a very good job at development. Yeah, and I think I think you kind of you, you say a lot of like these like crazy like like you're kind of you're this crazy story in regards to moving from Las Vegas to Seattle, were there like offers that you got when you were in Las Vegas to play? Because I, I would have no idea. I've lived in Seattle my whole life, but were, were you getting offers for local clubs there, semi-pro teams there? And was that kind of, was that also kind of not hindering, but kind of like, oh, should I maybe still stay local? Or was like the Sounders one, like definitely when you got this offer, you're like, oh, I really want to take it. Yeah, definitely. When I was in Vegas, still, I got offers from a couple, a couple other MLS academies like Galaxy, LA Galaxy, uh, Portland Timbers. I think it was Philadelphia Union. So I got a couple other offers, and I ended up choosing Seattle just because of the, of the player development and how they focus on uh, individual like growth with the player on and off the field as well. Because uh, I feel like they focus on not only the character on the field, but also a lot how you act off the field so. was there like anyone on like the sounder specifically that you were like oh wow to be given that opportunity because i know you you i know you've been able to share the pitch with like clint dempsey like that's the only one i can think of off the top of my head but like was there any like certain players or the roster or, like the accolades that seattle have won uh in their tenure in the mls for the past 10 seasons uh, was that also kind of helped you make your decision to come to seattle yeah i feel like it was very influential in my decision um Obviously, we have uh, players and teammates like Christian Roldan. He's a great example because he plays a similar position to me, and like he went up the ranks as well. And he's a young guy still, and for him to get the opportunity, and he's pretty much performing week in, week out. Him, uh, also Lodero, they're all very good pros, and 
I see that they want to help out the young guys a lot and they give a lot of good advice to us. So just to see that the first team players are trying to help out the younger guys is a great sight to see and a great opportunity for all of us. And I'm just, dude, I'm just so jealous, just so reminiscing. You're getting advice from players like Nico Ladero, Christian Roldan. It's, he's, living, he's living the good life, getting some good advice. I mean, you wouldn't be getting this advice from, like, players from the Portland Timbers. Like, you don't want to learn from Diego Chara and, Di and Diego Valeri. Like, no. These are, like, the top, top dogs. And speaking of top, top dogs, who was kind of, you're like, who, what was the club that you supported from, like, a really young age? And who was, like, a player that inspired you to play maybe like them or who's like, wow, I want, when I, like, when I was younger, like, I want to be just like him. I want to be a professional and one day hopefully to play, like, against him. Yeah, uh, when I was little, I started growing up supporting Barcelona. That was, that was pretty much my favorite team. Obviously, the, the Tiki Taka era, that, that kind of football, it really just excited me a lot. And I really liked watching them play. And I would say my, like, idol growing up was Ronaldinho. Uh, I just really loved him. He, like, made, made uh, soccer look simple, and he just enjoyed everything he did. Yeah, he always had a smile on his face, and he was just very creative with the ball. I just felt like he enjoyed every time he was on the pitch. So that was kind of my idol. He, my he gave you, he smiled on the pitch, and he gave you a smile, and then bam, <laughs> it was a match. It was a match made in heaven match, right there. Yeah. That's that's amazing to hear. And like, kind of what's been what's been training like, like playing and practicing with the Sounders, like since you've been younger because of course I mean I haven't played even close to the as high level as you even like I only played like as you'd say select soccer for only one two years what has the difference been like playing this huge soccer this American base like select premier like academy soccer now to be playing with at this professional level like how is that big not big jump necessarily but how's that change been for you and what like what have you done mentally to keep yourself in the game and motivated every day to be a better player yeah, obviously, like you said, it's a it's a big jump to go from, well, from my, my uh, occasion, I went from academy to Tacoma and then to the first team. Obviously, training day in, day out with the first team, the the speed and the level of the game is much higher, and you have to uh, adjust to it quickly because you want, you want to get a spot on it, and you have to compete every day to show your worth. And I feel like um, just to get adjusted to that, sometimes... Uh, mentally you have to be strong because there's going to be days where you, where you have to train hard, you're going to get overworked, sometimes you're going to be tired but you have to keep pushing through and I felt like that was kind of like the harder part, the speed of play and like physically we're still young and we're still developing so that's kind of another component that we have to be patient with and just keep working on. Yeah, and who is like, how has it been working under Brian Schmetzer? He's like been named as he could be arguably one of the he, – he's getting his name up there for being one of the best coaches in MLS history. Sounders recently named the best team in the MLS decade, which Galaxy fans would really like to argue about. But as a Sounders fan myself, and, and for, uh, for you, I'd assume, since you play for them, it, it's a good feeling to have. And how's it been to be part of this team and have such a great coach as of right now? Yeah, definitely. I feel like Coach Brian Schmetzer is a great coach, in my opinion, one of the best. And just the way he – he portrays himself and handles the team and just shows because we I mean we've won two MLS Cups in like recent years so just for him I feel like he's a great coach and he's a great component to this team he's a big part of this team just him and also the assistant coaches that help him out a lot the whole group of staff and the players just a great group group of guys what do you think makes since you you actually look like are able to play with this team and train in day in day out what makes the Seattle Sounders so successful do you think I would say the competition and the desire to always win. We never give up and we always work hard for each other. We're a team and um, 
just that desire to always win, we have it in our, in our, in our club and in our history, so I feel that that's what helps us a lot. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, the, I'd say that's, that's crazy to think that you now have to be able to play at that kind of that the desire to always win, and I think it's it's great that you have that opportunity to do that. And then, what what has it been like starting games, and especially like for you, kind of having like a bit of a chip on your shoulder after you you did you did score against the Vancouver Whitecaps? I had to bring this up, and I thought I think you might have thought I might have been bringing this back up too, to score and it got disallowed. I mean, it was it must have been setting aside it being disallowed, but how was that feeling to? I still count that as a goal. It's a goal in my heart. So, yeah. what was it like to be able to quote unquote score score a goal at CenturyLink Field and just to relish in that moment at least? No, it was great. It was that moment. It was like the best 30 seconds of my life, and the worst after. Um, obviously, scoring the goal in front of all the fans, it was it was just great. And then hearing my name being chanted, it was just a, a dream, honestly, because I never thought that that would happen in that exact moment. But like. Like you said, it was just a unique moment for me, just hearing all the fans and celebrating in CenturyLink Field. There's a lot of people there, so I was kind of nervous at the beginning of the game, but to play a good game and like have that goal disallowed, it was obviously a great win for the whole team, but just a great moment for me and give me a little taste of what that first team football is like. Yeah, and I, I think it was, it was a bit unlucky and a bit of maybe now, in all honesty, the goal was insane, perfect, I mean, you, you set yourself up so well getting it from your left. Of, I'm assuming you're a right footer, yeah. like righty right. So yeah, and then getting it to your right foot, chipping it over three players. It was <laughs> monstrous. But then I, I understand it's like it's gut-wrenching to have that disallowed. But I mean, yeah. if anything, it should serve, I, I would assume it serves as more motivation for this following season for you to finally get that, that first yeah. official uh, goal tally uh, next to your name. And I hope I hope to see that. Uh, I, I've gone already lined up some tickets for myself for this season, so I hope I'm able to witness you seeing your first seeing your first goal as a player. And I mean, I mean to be 17 years old to to score like to like not necessarily score, but to have to have that opportunity to like celebrate and have that amazing moment at CenturyLink Field. I mean, that's at least that's something you'll I would assume never forget. And how has it been like being? Being at this at such a young age to be a professional player has, like, has that been? How has that been for you mentally? Like, has it been difficult? Has I mean, it must be a whole like tray of emotions in itself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, just being so young and being a a professional football player is just a whole different life. You live a different life. You have to be uh, cautious of how you recover off the field. You can't like go hang out with friends. You can't do normal kid stuff, you know? Yeah. It's just a different life. Uh, you're like a teenager and you're already playing at a high level. You're getting paid to play, so I feel like it's Yeah, just, you're, under, you're under contract yeah. obligations. You have these responsibilities yeah, now. You have responsibilities. It's just a whole different life. You have to sacrifice a lot. Just missing family, family occasions, not spending time with them. So it's a lot of sacrifice, and uh, at the end, it's all worth it because we got to do what we love the most, which is play soccer. And in this beautiful team and city, it's, it's just great. It's worth. It's a hundred percent worth the sacrifice. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So now, it's crazy to think because Danny is. If you guys don't know, he's th three years younger than me, and then I'm interviewing him. So I think it's like it's an amazing story to see, and it just shows. I mean, not to like God, not to fangirl <laughs> over this guy, but it's like it's 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 a good. It must be a good feeling to have, and just shows that you can work hard to envision your dreams to where you want to be. And I think Danny's living proof of that guy. So. 
What, what are some advice you would give to people listening to this podcast that might be like, dang, I want to be a professional player. What's like advice that a young player like you would give to other people? Yeah, I would just say um, always dream. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Uh, if you want, whether it's soccer, or being an artist, or is it school, whatever you do, do it at the best of your ability and always do the extra work because there's always going to be people that, that want the same thing as you. So you have to do something differently to separate yourself from them. And it's just the extra work, always just sacrificing for, for what you love and uh, achieving your dreams. Just don't stop dreaming and keep working hard. I love it. This is a, this is a quote now in the podcast, Daniel, but just don't stop, don't stop dreaming, baby. And I'm pretty sure it's a song, too. Uh, to segue it into the U.S. men's national team, yes, you have not gone a cap. Have you, you've gone a cap for the youth team, I believe, correct? Yes, yeah. for the under-17 World Cup. Bingo. So, so recently, we all know the debacle, the 20, 2018, no qualification for the U.S. men's national team. We recently talked about this with Quincy Ameriqua on a podcast previously. What is your take on deve- the development of soccer in the U.S. men's national team? I mean, you can say however you feel. Personally, I know it's not good. I mean, I'm someone who's lived in it. Yes, again, not necessarily played the highest level, but I was, I'd be part of the people that you get weeded out in Again, this is going to be a big question to unpack. Does a little bit the because what a lot of like pundits have talked about Taylor Twelman, Alexi Loss. It's maybe they haven't specifically said this. I'm just kind of paraphrasing things, adding quotes together. The college system is doesn't necessarily help the development of soccer in regards to when you're 17, uh, 18 years old in Europe. You're playing academy soccer. It's not really much of a like a college system, and that's kind of. When you graduate from college and get drafted in the United States, you're 22, and that's technically four years of professional level playing gone in itself. Like, we see Christian Pulisic, Kylian Mbappe, like Jaden Sancho, like you've played against. They're at the tender age around where the age that you're at, and they're playing at, like, the, like the highest, highest level. Their ceilings are insane. Why, is the U- why do you think also the U.S. men's national team don't necessarily have players like that Growing, uh, going into like in this MLS system that could be playing at that high level. Yeah, it could be what you're saying. Maybe like the college system is not helping out really a lot. Yeah, I, I don't really know right now. Maybe it's. I feel like it's the system. Maybe just it's completely different from like how Europe does it or other parts of the world does it. And maybe just that's just why we're not producing as many players as that. But I feel like um, day by day it's getting better, and we're trying to reach that goal of getting into that system and like playing uh, younger players, maybe going more players going to Europe. We see it these days now, more American players going to yeah, Europe. Yeah, like Weston McKinney, yeah. Christian Pulisic, just the name off the top of my head. Yeah, so things like that, I feel like it's definitely getting better uh, day by day, and I feel like we'll get there in no time. Okay, Just very very confident. So you, it, yeah. so you think they're gonna be? You think USA is gonna be qualifying twenty twenty two for yes. Qatar? Yes, oh, definitely. That's good. To, definitely. That's that's good to hear. So, is your parents ethnically? They're both Hispanic, so they're yeah. both Mexican. So who would you be like when USA play Mexico? Who's like who are you rooting for in that situation? <laughs> yeah, when I was, I mean, when I was younger, um, I was obviously since my both my parents were Mexican, I was always like have a love for Mexico, but I was. I was always uh, supporting U.S. as well, and now that in the youth national team system, I'm going U.S. all the way right now. So that's, I'm focused with the U.S. right now. That is cr- that, that is crazy. That's my obligation. That is crazy to hear. That's all. Like that's awesome that uh, your parents are fully like supportive of 
whichever national team you uh, you decide to play for. And did did uh, Mexico end up approaching you to play possibly for their youth national team? No, Mexico didn't. Messed up. Well, luckily, USA did. And it's gonna be it's good to pick up Sounders picked you up, USA picked you up. Next thing you know, Danny Leva, 2022 Qatar. He's hopefully, gonna be in that. Uh, he's gonna be in that. Uh, national team for you guys and that's gonna uh pretty much uh, wrap up uh the podcast for you guys i mean i appreciate danny so much for coming on i know it was a bit of a short one luckily danny was very nice to answer all the questions that i uh i had for him and uh danny this is kind of the floor for you the opportunity to tell people where can they find you in regards to social media or any external activities that you do you like to plug no thank you guys on instagram my Instagram name tag is danny.leva10, and on Twitter it's the same thing, so you guys can find me on. Awesome. Well, guys, make sure you're following us uh, on Twitter, at NextGenPod, and make sure to follow us on Instagram, at next underscore gen underscore pod. Just had our one-year anniversary, so make sure you enter in for that giveaway to win one of four of the top four Ballon d'Or finalists' jerseys. I mean, just enter on Twitter by retweeting the tweet, or on Instagram by liking, following us, and tagging two friends on the post. So... Thank you so much, Danny, for coming on the podcast, and I hope you guys all have fun.